0: Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we look at a Bible topic, character or concept. And today we're looking at the love of God in the Old Testament as we look at the sermon Old God, New God, Mad God, True God. Very um, spooky episode of the After Sermon Podcast. <laughs> now, you might be wondering, why is this a spooky episode? Because this will be forever and officially dubbed as the Cursed. Or the, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go, the Cursed After Sermon Podcast episode. And before I tell you why, I'm going to introduce my guest. We have with us Kira Lee Josie.
1: Hello.
0: And, uh,. Kira, why is it that this episode is so frightening, so dreadful, so, so scary, spooky. Yeah. so spooky? Why is this?
1: Well, people always say, um, you know, people ask, why do bad things happen to good people?
0: That is true.
1: And I think this may be the penultimate example. <laughs> nothing nothing else can compare. Um, in the fact that, we have tried to record this podcast episode two times before. Yes. Not, not once, but twice. And now this has spanned multiple months as well. <laughs> um, to the, I, I believe the first time was in November, late November.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I believe think. so, yeah.
1: Yep. Second time was last week. Um, <laughs> but what's happened is both times my phone just has not recorded And so Christopher was able to record a beautiful one-sided conversation with himself (laughs) um, that he obviously couldn't put up on the internet because that's just embarrassing. So hopefully third time's the charm.
0: Hopefully. And uh, we've just never had these uh, technical difficulties before. Like we have had um, very early days when we were uh, recording our first, second or third podcast, one of those, um, our audio space had, uh, just maxed out on what we were using to record about halfway through. So it recorded about half of our conversation. And then the last half was just us talking by ourselves in a room to no one. <laughs> that's, oh, no. that's, that's almost the saddest part is the, 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 only difference between it being a podcast and just a sorry, sad conversation is one little recording device. That's it.
1: That's so true. <laughs> it's so The weird. wonders of technology.
0: And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, uh, ASP has always been a podcast of humble beginnings and continues to be so. Uh, We don't have any official or fancy recording equipment. And the first few episodes were just me, like Jesse, Jai, Mitchell, Michael, just us sitting in some stools in my bedroom in a circle All trying to lean in and talk into this little uh, Zoom recording mic. Like, (laughs) that was it. And um, if that Zoom recording mic was not there, it would just look so dumb.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just a weird conversation.
0: It would just be a weird conversation that we're having in my bedroom, which usually i just be like, get out, everyone get out. This is not your space. (laughs) This is mine. Give me privacy. But... You put a recording device in there, like everyone, come on in everyone. Come on. Let's, let's have, let's have a chat. Let's have a good old chat. So everyone listening, thank you because you are the dividing line between us being a podcast and just me and Kira, uh, talking about nothing really. Yeah. Um, It's been
1: really weird.
0: Yeah. So thank you for joining us. And, uh, we hope that this podcast is well worth the wait and, um, I, I think it. Uh, I think it will be. I think this yeah. podcast is probably one of the most important um, topics that we're going to talk about because it is mm. a huge issue that a lot of people have when trying to uh, both come into the Christian faith initially, but also many Christians on, uh, have uh, ongoing throughout the spiritual journey. And uh, usually, these are kind of questions that you'll wrestle with as you're developing your faith uh, through teenagehood and young adulthood. But these questions also come around all through all sorts of different spiritual uh, life stages. So it's really um, a really important topic to talk about. And that's why we have chosen to persist. After the uh, second recording (laughs) flopped, we were just like so done. (laughs) We were like, let's just do it next week. Let's get it out of the way because we wanted to... We wanted to be in a good headspace when we recorded this because we know the topic is so important, Um, and we wanted to get it out to you as soon as possible because we've been sitting on it for so long now uh, just due to complications. So we think it's well worth the wait. Um, We hope Mm -hmm. you guys are really blessed as we uh, kind of dive into this topic a bit more. And uh, with that said, we're also going to be trying out a new kind of style, a new format for the podcast, as opposed to... Uh, whoever preached the sermon, uh, taking uh, a group through kind of information he's found, everyone involved in the podcast is going to kind of look at it from uh, some different angles. They're going to look at the same topic, but search the Bible in different areas to find uh, different perspectives and more richness and more depth from uh, different uh, aspects and different parts of the Bible. So we're going to try that out today. So Kira will be starting off for us. And then, uh, I'll be going afterwards and we'll be having kind of a more, um, more of a conversational as opposed to kind of a more lesson kind of guided podcast. So Mm. we're also keen to know what you guys think. So let us know in any comments, send us a message, do whatever it is you want to do. And with that said, let's get into our quick recap. One of the difficulties in wrestling with one's faith is trying to reconcile what can seemingly be two different characters in the Bible, and that is the God of the Old and the New Testament. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, a man by the name of Marcion looked at the Bible and he believed that the God of the Old Testament only demonstrated wrath, anger, and vengeance and that the God of the New Testament, portrayed through Jesus, was one of love, compassion, and mercy. And he believed that these two gods could not be the same person. And so he developed what would later be called the heresy of Marcionism. Now, the early church were very quick to demonstrate and to say that this belief system was completely antithetical to the Christian faith. In fact, to believe in this... One would have to completely change the books of the Bible. It affects the Gospel. It affects the doctrine of the Trinity. It affects the doctrine of the Second Coming and of Creation, as well as many other things. And so to believe in Marcionism was essentially to destroy the Christian faith. And yet, today we see many people still trying to propose the idea of Marcionism, that the God of the Old and New Testament are two different people. And yet, as we look at stories in the Bible, we see the love and the tenderness and the kindness of God portrayed from Genesis right through to Revelation in both Testaments. We also see the characteristics of God who shows justice, and He does show judgment, but all done in the context of His loving character. And so we see a comprehensive and fuller and deeper version of God's character, when we take both the Old and New Testament together and allow it to show us the full love of God. So as we said at the beginning of the podcast, this is a very deep topic, and it's one that a lot of people wrestle through. And at the end of the sermon, I made the appeal simply to find a a Bible story in the Old Testament and to look for the love of God in it. And uh, I was really uh, blessed enough. I had uh, a lot of my friends from college come and... uh, see me preach and we had uh, lunch afterwards and together as a group we decided on a story and we went through it looking for the love of God and we went Mm -hmm. through the story of Sodom and Gomorrah which uh, that's a pretty difficult story when you think just on the surface when you think of Sodom and Gomorrah you're probably not thinking about love when you read that story and yet we were able to find it all over the place. So Akira and I thought it would be a good idea to kind of just do that with you listeners yeah basically we take a story each from the old testament and have a look at god's love there so we're going to hand it over to kira and she's going to take us through her story
1: yeah so i'm super excited because um as christopher was talking about we i was part of that group of people who saw him preach and then was at That picnic afterwards studying, and I got a lot from that experience. So I'm really excited to sort of replicate it again. Except this time it's just me alone in my room talking through the power of the internet. (laughs) So (laughs) um what the story I decided to look at is the flood, and it's in the first part of the Bible, right at the very beginning, Genesis 6. And I chose to look at the flood because it's a passage. It's a little bit um that I find well, used to find, a little bit confusing. I I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed reading it. You know, it's one of the first Bible stories you ever you ever hear about. But then when I sat down and actually looked at what was in the story, I was honestly just a little bit confused. Mm. And to add on to that, this story is actually what a lot of, I'm um, not sure what to call them, um people who, you know, write books, they're atheists. Um, and they and they write books against believing in God. Yeah. Um yeah, so people like Richard Dawkins, um and all that crew, this is one of the main stories that they will pull out when they talk about the God of the Old Testament being wrathful and vengeful. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into it and we're gonna see like where God's love actually is in this story because surprisingly it's well, I mean, not so surprisingly, I guess, but it's there, it, it big time. So, we're going to jump into Genesis 6, and we're going to get to exploring that. Oh, pardon me. Good. So, the chapter opens with, and just saying that now there's a whole bunch more people on the earth, people are marrying, but, and God looks down, and he makes this pretty big statement in verse 3. Christopher, do you have your Bible up?
0: Yes, I do, and, uh... I'm reading from the New King James, but feel free to read along with whatever you have for listeners at home. It says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years.
1: So, this is pretty big, right? God's putting a timestamp stamp on how long humanity is going to last for. Mm. One hundred and twenty years. Which to us, seems like quite. It's weird. It seems like both a long time and not a long time.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: But I was just thinking, with the lifespan that um, it says that these people had back then, this was actually just a small fraction of their life, really. It's interesting. Hmm. Um. But you know, quite quite a while, really. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> so,
0: that's and not not to jump the gun too much, but I always find yeah. it interesting that. Um, those I suppose critics or skeptics whatever you want to call them uh, that you mentioned earlier they'll point to the story of the flood and go oh look at God he just wants to wipe everyone out but right from the get go God says but I'm going to give them over a hundred years like yeah. that is so much time to yeah, massive
1: warning uh, bell that is Straight a massive
0: away. warning bell he, he gives yeah. them a huge heads up of the imminent danger that they face Uh, really only because of their own stubbornness. So like, even even from the get go, I'm like, yeah, God's, God's giving them so much uh, time and he's being so patient by giving them 120 years. Like most people today live to 80. So we'd be, we'd be, if God said to me, Hey, Christopher, you got 120 years to live for. thank you. Yes, please. Like,
1: yeah, that'd be amazing. (laughs) True. And, you know, when I need my students to change their behavior in my classroom, they get five seconds. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, you know, a bit, bit different. Um, so, yeah, that's so true. God's giving a huge amount of warning. Um, verses f- four and five I think are very interesting. And so I'm just going to read those out. Um, my The version I'm reading from is the New International Version. So, verse four, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were heroes of old, men of renown. So, we're going to stop there for a moment, and we're going to pause on probably, you know, the word that jumps out the most. And in this case, it is Nephilim. Um, Ding, ding. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this is a word... That people love to get caught up on. And love to get stuck on. And if you want to, you can watch hours and hours of conspiracy theory content about who these people were, what they looked like, what they did, how they were born, you know? Whole bunch of stuff. And it's a rabbit hole that I implore (laughs) you not to go down. (laughs) And that's only for me. So, (laughs) um, but... You know, the Nephilim are only mentioned at one other place in the entire Bible, other than this chapter, and so people use it as, they they take it as this big mystery to solve. Mm. Um, So whether they're the children of angels, fallen angels and people, or different races of people, eh, not sure. To me, it doesn't really matter. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, so um, the, the verse yeah. is definitely not trying to give you, like, an extra peek into the lore or the mythology of
1: oh, well, the Bible. I, like,
0: it's, no, it's not trying to sate no. your nerdy cravings no. for extra details. <laughs> like
1: I, yeah, see, I was going to say, I suppose we could cut this out. This, I'm just saying this because I feel like being a know-it-all. But, um... In, you know, the book of First Enoch, which is not included in the Bible, it was um, yes. decided that it wasn't inspired.
0: Well, p- particularly because it was written in about, I think, like 400 BC. So that's like
1: exactly. and it, 2,000 and said it was years after Enoch, Enoch
0: lived. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, you know, big big problem. Big big, big issue.
0: time gap there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but this is where the character of the Nephilim makes, you know, relatively frequent occurrence and, uh, expanded on greatly. Um, but that's not part of the canonical Bible that we use today, but yeah, I don't know where this is going. Fun fact, here. <laughs> but, um, but we're just going to say, okay, Nephilim, whatever, verse six, um, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So it's verse six, and when I first read this, I was like, "Hang on a sec." In my translation, it says the Lord regretted. You only regret something if it's a mistake, right?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, that's the way that's the way we work. I think. Yeah. You know, we we do something. We're like, "Oh, that didn't go very well." Then we have regrets, and that's. You know, I was seeing that I was confused when I was first reading this, like really deeply. I was like, "Did God regret that He made people?" Mm. Like, what's going on? Um, But looking deeper into the meaning of that word, that original Hebrew, it lines more closely up with the idea of, you know, being sorrowful or, you know, feeling sad that all of this suffering is happening. Yeah. And so he's deeply (coughs) troubled. Um, Particularly...
0: Sorry, you mm, go.
1: No, no, keep going.
0: I was just going to say particularly because... We're in chapter six of the Bible. Yeah, like, it hasn't
1: been going for that long. There's it, <laughs> ten generations gone, basically. Yeah, and
0: uh, in, in my Bible, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven pages in, and God's like, These people are the worst. Like, yeah. they are oh, so what is evil. What are they
1: doing? They yeah. are so
0: evil. And um, yeah. in verse five, he, it says, uh, every intent of their thoughts of the heart was only evil continually.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so good. bad. <laughs> and, um, oh, the the point I forgot to make was with the Nephilim, and now I finally realized where I was going. Alright, humanity has a sin problem. Yes. Like, this huge sin problem, and whether that's, you know, you know, it's almost like this genetic issue at this point. It is so widespread through the people that not one person is doing that well Mm. like uh, until you find out later on but you know everyone everyone's been impacted by this
0: Uh, It just it it boggles my mind that god had to essentially press the reset button so quickly on the world and humanity
1: um yeah but this can this is what confused me because um in genesis 3 verse 15 we have the first of what's called a messianic prophecy Yes, And in the Old Testament, um, when we talk about a messianic prophecy, that's a little prophecy, so something that's going to happen in the future. Um, and they're making this comment, and in Genesis 3, verse 15, which, um, did you just pull the verse up, Christopher?
0: Yep. Uh, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, the you there referring to the serpent who is Satan,
1: Yep, between
0: yep. your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel.
1: Yeah. So um, that's like the first little bit in the Bible that points towards Jesus. The idea of the serpent um, representing sin and Satan being crushed by the man, right? Mm. And we've we've said that that man is Jesus. And so in Genesis three fifteen, when sin first comes into the world, God already has this rescue plan. Yeah. He already knows what's going to happen, and that's why I got so confused that God in Genesis six is seemingly like, okay, we're throwing the plane out the window. I'm done. <laughs> like, nah, Jesus, you're all good. You stay home. Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's what always really, um, really got me. I think mm. when I when I thought deeper about it, I guess as we talk about it some more, we will we will explore that concept, um, a little a little bit more. But I just found it really interesting.
0: Yeah, I feel sorry for Adam and Eve because. Um... I think this is a bit more speculative than, uh, dogma, but, um, and lots of people assume that they believe that Cain, uh, Adam and Eve probably thought Cain and Abel were the, um, they were the, the promised Messiah, the seed that would come. And yeah. so Cain has a really good name. I forget what it means, but it has a really good meaning. And then Abel comes from the word Havel, uh, and havel means mist or smoke. And the <laughs> oh. author of Ecclesiastes uses the word Hevel to describe what is translated in English as vanity. So he says, getting lots of wealth is vanity. It's like smoke. Who cares? It's nothing. And so, you know, you've got Cain, who's got this awesome name, and then Abel's just... He's gone. Like, who cares? And then both of them die. And then Seth is called Seth because it means... God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel. So, like, it's the idea that Adam and Eve probably thought that this Messiah was, like, going to be their kid, that the Messiah was right around the corner. And you have the tragedy of Cain killing Abel, and then humans just keep proliferating, more and more and more of them, and we just keep getting worse and worse and worse. (laughs) So, like, there's no real... um, (laughs) So it's Yeah, it's really hard to see any uh, hope in this story at all.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like definitely so guess, in the lead-up you know,
0: to the story of Noah.
1: Yeah, and and I guess the world's in this really dark place, and in verse 7, God's saying, I'm going to wipe from the face of the earth the human race, but also the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. It's like, hang on, what did those guys do as well? <laughs> caught in the crossfire. You know, yeah, guilty by association, and it just... You know, but then it this little introductory bit finishes with um probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible right now um verse eight just says, "But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord mm. and another translation that I've looked at says "Noah found grace, yeah, which I think is you know the better better translation, so we'll pick that one um and not yeah, good good exegeting um but (laughs) (laughs) um what's really cool though is you know can you can you get you know ask for grace can you can you make payment and just buy some grace not at all yeah exactly it it just doesn't happen so god chooses to bestow to give grace to noah Hmm. And it goes on to tell us in verse 9 that Noah's a righteous man, he's blameless, and he walks with God. But we know that Noah is no saint. Yes. And, you know, we... So, and we've just heard that every inclination of the human race is evil. It's bad. Mm. And Noah also has some of this in him, right?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: You know, he has this sin problem, it's affecting everyone around him and it affects him too. And yet he chooses to walk faithfully with God. Mm. So it seems like he's a world where everyone else has chosen to abandon God, but Noah's still holding on. That's the way I interpreted it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So God, and I'll just do the Kira um, paraphrase version for the next few verses. Great. Um, God basically um, chats to Noah and he says, hey... Here's what's gonna happen. I'm going to destroy this earth, so everyone's gonna be gone, but the good news is you know it's gonna start again and we're gonna have this covenant you know this promise it's gonna it's gonna be all good we're gonna start again and then tells him to build an ark now, just take a moment. nobody has ever seen rain before. <laughs> Nobody has seen, like, huge bodies of water, really. Like, it's very possible Noah's never even seen an ocean or anything, right? Yeah. Maybe he's seen a lake. I mean, they have to get water from somewhere. But still, right? So, and and he's told, yep, it's going to flood. They do not have the word flood in their vocabulary. (laughs) This is not an idea that was spread. And yet, this is what God tells Noah. And Noah's like, okay, we're going to build an ark.
0: Man, and so he oh. goes,
1: and he builds this ark. Fire And out. he, yeah, it's crazy. Like, he does everything just as God tells him. And it takes him years to build this ark. It takes him basically the entire time, right? All of this, how long did God say people <coughs> had? Okay. 120 years. Yeah. Takes him all this time. And all throughout this time, Noah is preaching, and he's telling the people around him what is going to happen. Because, Man. you know, people would have walked past and said, hey, Noah, still building that ark? Yep, still believe that a giant flood's going to come and wipe out the entire world? Yep. And so Noah probably dealt with that daily for 120 years, being laughed at, you know? Like, it wouldn't have been a good time for him at all.
0: Uh, I tell you what, like, the the Bible, from what I can see, doesn't really... Uh... Show God talking to Noah, really in between that time. Um, I, wouldn't oh, be yeah, that's if, true. I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if maybe God did. But if we're going just strictly off the biblical record we have, God talks to Noah once to say build the ark, and then when the ark is finished, God talks to Noah again and says, "All right, time to load up the animals." Yeah. Can you like, uh, by year one, I would be like doubting, going, Yeah did I really hear, you know, the voice of God? Like, yeah. Is this really he, what he wants?
1: Yeah, and this is not just Noah. This is his wife and his sons and their, and yeah. their wives as well. So he's leading a family.
0: Man, that's a... Oh, can you imagine... Oh, can you imagine, it like, family worship that night? It oh. was, like, so... Uh, uh. Right, if my,
1: I love my dad. But if my dad <laughs> just started building an ark and said that God told him to i would be asking some serious questions <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> um but so noah's preaching for this 120 years and probably preaches the least successful evangelistic campaign
0: yeah that's that he true could possibly do and yet he and, he isn't like discouraged he just keeps building the boat and yeah. keeps preaching
1: yeah he keeps he keeps going And that's actually, you know, I think a huge inspiration because it's so easy for us to get discouraged when, you know, things don't go our way or we're working and it looks like it's not getting paid off at all. But Noah just keeps going. Hmm. He's going and going.
0: I I really like that, actually, because, yeah, Noah in total makes zero converts. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Over 120 years not one extra person gets on that ark apart from the eight in his family. Yeah.
1: And,
0: I mean, we get really discouraged when we hold an evangelism seminar and we get two people who come into yeah. the church and like, Oh man, it would have been cool if we got like another 20 and like,
1: yeah. It's like, no, it didn't get one. And in, see, it's not because he was a rubbish preacher or anything probably yeah. like in second Peter, um, chapter two, verse five, it actually calls Noah a preacher of righteousness.
0: Wow, okay, cool.
1: So he's, you know, talked about later on in the Bible as someone who preached and shared and talked. Man,
0: that is very inspiring.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's, you know, huge.
0: So uh, a question for you. Uh We've talked about the fact that Noah, despite hearing the direct voice of God perhaps infrequently, kept his faith despite being ridiculed on a regular basis, keeps his faith. And despite having zero converts and by all rights should be discouraged, keeps his faith. What do you think it is that made him persevere through all this? Cause I'm looking at him and yeah. going, how do I yeah, get why? this? This is amazing. Yeah. How do I get this type of perseverance? What do you think it was?
1: Um, I'm going to throw it back to verse 9 when it says that Noah walks faithfully with God. Mm. I imagine that maybe if Noah wasn't hearing God's voice, I think he still felt God's presence.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And so, if you're walking faithfully with God, you are reaching out and you're talking and you are asking for God's presence in your life. And that, you know, I I'm sure Noah had his days where he was discouraged. And he was down, because I don't know how you would not be. But I guess it's just that whole idea of getting up and keeping going and going on with God. Mm. Even when maybe it's not that clear where God is at the time. Yeah. Yeah, what, what do you think?
0: I don't know. That's why I yeah. asked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, true. <laughs>
0: uh, I, think, I think that's good, though, because um, the walking with God um, parallels...
1: Uh, Enoch. Yeah, uh, we're right. told that and Enoch
0: walks with God, and then yeah. he gets whoop whoop whooped up to heaven. And he's so. one of
1: three people who was taken to heaven. And we get a verse about this man.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so. always so confusing.
1: Um, I, but I j-
0: yeah, oh, I was just thinking. I just thought of this nice verse. I think it's in Hosea where God talks about Israel as a child. And God says, like, I wanted to walk, you know, hand in hand with you. I wanted to, from day one, I've been teaching you how to walk uh, like like you're a child. All these metaphors as God is this loving father. And he says, Mm -hmm. and basically, like, he doesn't say this, but I'm kind of filling in a gap. So basically says, and then you became an angsty teenager and you ditched me. (laughs) (laughs) um, Oh, that's so true. uh, Yeah. But like, um... I, I, I'm kind of trying to, yeah, fit those two verses in together, how walking with God is what kept Enoch and Noah so faithful. And yeah. later on in the Bible, that metaphor of walking with God is used to describe like like a father um, walking their kid, teaching them how to walk. Like, for example, when you're a kid, you're not allowed to cross the traffic lights unless you're holding onto an adult's hand. And I kind of like that that picture of being dependent on God, treating him as, this, uh, as that father that you come to for help, that you rely on. Uh, because if Noah and Enoch were trying to do all of this in their own abilities, they, they would have failed. It had to be mm. with God's help that it was done. That's the only way they yeah. could have got it done.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And just to kind of, uh, sorry, this is my fault that we've kind of gone a bit off the topic. So to bring it back into focus, that offer to walk with God was not restricted or limited to Noah and his family. That mm. would have been freely open to anyone uh, to do. And, but, but everyone chose to reject that offer that God made. So yeah, God's exactly. not being exclusive here. He's not trying to say there's a limited amount that I'm allowing to be saved. The offer's there. Noah is preaching that offer on a daily basis, and yet people rejecting the love that God is trying to yeah. convey here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I guess um, just to bring it back to one of the one of the major things that I actually found out in this story that really um, changed the way I viewed it in my mind is that, in the same way as Noah was calling out and telling people to, you know, change their ways, you know, um, you know, something's coming, something's big, it's gonna, you know, really, it's, it's like a judgment,
0: Mm.
1: right? And it's like the final judgment that we're told is going to happen. And it's talked about all throughout the Bible. And in the book of Matthew, in chapter 27 it says that when jesus comes back just before jesus comes back and um you know just that final judgment it's going to be just like it was in the days of noah Mm. so with that sin problem with that evil going on and um there's a quote from john calvin i found that i actually really liked he said that um if the whole earth earth was not overwhelmed with the deluge of waters then it would have been overwhelmed and it already was with um with wickedness.
0: Mm. That and so there was point.
1: gonna there was gonna be that flood either way.
0: Yeah.
1: Either way. And eventually um there's gonna be that judgment. But what's really cool is that God's gonna come and it's gonna be a flood of his, of His righteousness and of His glory. Mm. If that makes any sense. That's no, just me yeah, throwing got it out there. Um But so I think that's pretty cool. And so the only way to get through that judgment and the way for um, us to, you know, get to heaven is just to have faith in Jesus, just to get on that ark, which is Jesus for us in this situation. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. So this entire story points to what that final judgment will be like. And And um, then... No, go
0: for it, go for it. I I feel like I might be about to steal your thunder, so... (laughs) I was going to put the
1: layer... I was about to put the other layer on top of it. Go, do
0: it, let's do it. Yes,
1: so in Revelation, we're told... And I'm sorry that I don't have the exact verses, but um, if you you want them, happy to provide them. Um, It talks about how there's going to be this new earth, this new creation... And I was so confused with this story in the flood. Because I was thinking, what did the animals do? What did the plants do to get drowned? Like, what what did all of these things deserve? But what's really cool is that God's saying here, yeah, I'm going to wipe from the face of the earth, the human race. But later on, he's talking about how he's going to set a new creation and this new earth. And it's going to be, you know, perfect and amazing again. And that's what God was doing in this in this story he was Mm. you know it's creating this new earth and this new situation except in revelation 21 as well um it talks about this he's not going to wipe the human race from the face of the planet that's not happening he's going to wipe the tears from our eyes instead Mm. and so i just found that really cool
0: i i i forget where i heard this but it hit me so hard um oh this was a summer camp i think so We probably both heard this then, um, that in that verse, we're told that God wipes away the tears from our eyes. And yet this is a a sad day for God as well. Like the fact that there are so many who have not chosen the the grace that he freely gives and Mm. choose to rather die than to spend eternity with him, that breaks the heart of God too because these are his children. These are people made in his image who have decided to not choose life. And yeah. while God is wiping out tears, uh, no one is wiping the tears of God. He is uh, taking on that sorrow and that pain himself on that day. Um, it just goes to show you how the, the natural character and instinct of God is sacrificial love. He's always willing to take the burdens of other people so that mm. they can have uh, life and joy so, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I'll just throw it out before I think we wrap up on this story. But just in case someone says, Kira, Christopher, a lot of people say that this story didn't even happen. I'm going to throw out um, just a little bit to show you that it did. So a lot of people look at um, the first 12 chapters of Genesis and just wipe them all out. They say it either didn't happen, didn't happen the way it was described, or that it's completely completely metaphorical. Mm. um so you know they don't a lot of them a lot of people who um who um you know take this point of view would say that noah didn't even exist or that maybe he did exist but this didn't really happen there wasn't an actual flood or it didn't take over the whole world but i would just like to point you to every culture on earth Mm. every every um ancient culture has a flood story yeah and so, you know, the Epic of Gilgamesh is out there as, you know, your Indus River Valley story. Um, your, you know, Egypt has their story. Um, you know, every culture has a flood story. This event happened and it was on a global level. It's going to put it out there. It really happened. There really was a man called Noah who walked faithfully with God. And yeah, that's just what I wanted to throw out just in case. You know, you could write this off as saying, no, but this didn't really happen.
0: Hmm. And I think you you need it to be a literal historical event. Yeah. In order to have a precedent for the final judgment being a literal and historic event, as well as the recreation of the... So it talks about the earth being covered in water, and then from there, God creates the earth. And then here in Genesis, you have it again, this, the Mm. world is covered in water, and from there, God recreates the earth and um the symbol of the ark of Jesus Jesus being the only way to avoid the the final judgment and to find that grace and salvation that God offers so even this story is pointing uh, forward to the cross and to the yes. love that Jesus shows as he dies for our sins there
1: yeah exactly so i i learned a huge amount from getting into this story, and so, you know, I hope, I hope all the listeners, um, maybe you took something new out of it, maybe you want to study more into the story, I think that's awesome, and that's really important to wrestle, and to really dig into these stories.
0: Awesome, alright, well, listeners, guess what? That is just part one of our series of Old God, New God, Mad God, True God, because, Guys, it's already 42 minutes. That is a regular podcast episode. You bet we're going to milk this. You bet it's going to be a two-parter. So, (laughs) um, we'll uh, do our... Oh, Kira, do you have any recommended readings for people if they want to learn more about this topic, anything about the flood, anything about God's love, whatever it is?
1: Oh, well, just having a quick thing. I would recommend, um big time that you do what we talked about in the beginning, which is um, choosing a passage for yourself and hopefully studying into it with different people. And what's really cool is that um, we at Mighty Worry Ministries are more than happy to um, study through a passage or a story with you as well. Um, I would also... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just a subtle plug. I would also recommend that you... Um, get into it again um i think reading reading the story over yourself to make sure that you know the that you've really got it um you've got Mm. the point it's making sense because we can tell you what we think is going on all that we want and what we've pulled out from it but it's really important that you're not just taking our ideas but that you're reading in there and really seeing what's there and pulling it out for yourself awesome yeah, what about you, Christopher? Anything you want to slide in there that you already knew about? Um,
0: da, 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 da. I don't have any recommended readings, but uh, I do have a quick plug, and that is, uh, at the moment, my younger brother Daniel is researching uh, a sermon uh, all about the flood and its parallels with um, the final judgment and with Jesus. So looking at... Uh, what is usually called the type and anti-type. So, mm-hmm. by the time this episode comes out, you'll have to wait a little bit. But if you're listening to this in the past, uh, maybe that episode is already out. So, I'll put i oh, awesome. I'll put a link in the description uh, to that sermon uh, when it comes out, as well as the podcast for it, because I'm sure that'll be yeah. a great discussion, and we can go even more in depth uh, with this topic of the flood. So, yeah, we say, this get great... Daniel
1: on. Yeah, yeah he knows what's good... going on. <laughs>
0: Get all this good stuff about this very good story. So, look, thank you, everyone, for joining in and listening with us on this The Cursed episode of the After Seven Podcast. <laughs> Next week, mm-hmm. we will uh, be accompanied by some all-stars, one might call them. Because, um, oh, you yeah. know, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 it just doesn't make sense not to live for fun, you know. Your brain gets yep, yep, smart, smart, but your head gets,
1: gets dumb. There's just so, so much, much to do. do, so
0: much to see. And um, <laughs> so much wrong with taking the back streets.
1: Oh, why
0: so <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is right. We will be... Uh, blessed with the presence of donkey from shrek himself as we look at the next <laughs> episode of the podcast and i'm i'm all i'm like oh. half not even joking about that so
1: i was so confused because i was like, I don't think there's any other guest <laughs> like what's happening
0: so make sure you join us on that amazing part two of our episodes and uh, we hope you've been blessed as we've looked at the topic of god's love in the old testament With that said, have a good one and good night.
1: Good night.